Good morning. It is January 5th, 2024. This is episode 37 of the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. I am coming to you live from Miss... Oh, shoot. I already forgot the name of this town. Miss... Miss... Galua? Miss... Okay. Uh, I am at the Inn of the Mountain Gods. How about that? I do remember the name of the hotel slash casino that I'm at. Because that is by far the most intense name I have ever heard in my life for a casino. Inn of the Mountain Gods! We are the Mountain Gods! Welcome to our casino! Please appease us or we will destroy you. All right. Uh, so you uh, can Google uh, where in New Mexico Into the Mountain Gods is the town. Miscula? Miscula? Okay, I'm going to drive myself nuts if I try to remember the name of this town. Um, it's north of El Paso. How about that? So um, I am doing a little road trip here. Um, as you know, last night I was at a Motel 6 <laughs> in West New Mexico. And tonight I am in a very, very nice hotel room at this uh, resort casino. Very, very posh. So a definite upgrade from the Motel 6. Uh, you know, no offense to Motel, Motel 6, but come on. We all know what what you're up to. And I have been touring with a stand-up comedian named Jace Clay and his wife, uh, Caroline. And we have been having a blast doing a little road trip. And we did the show tonight at Club 49 in In of the Mountain Gods. Super, super fun show. It was really great to uh, sort of wash the taste out of my mouth from my New Year's Eve show uh, last Sunday. Uh, those of you who have been following the podcast uh, know that that show did not go well. And I am very much happy that I had these shows lined up to just go on tour, get out of town, and do comedy. Actually, this is my first time doing stand-up comedy in New Mexico. If I'm thinking about it, yep, that is a first. Um, So I have done stand-up. Let's see. Let's count the states, everybody. This will be really boring. Obviously, Arizona... Uh, California, Oregon, Washington, uh, Utah, Colorado, now New Mexico, Texas, um, Missouri, Indiana, uh, Georgia, uh, did I already say Texas? Uh, Mississippi, Florida. I think that's all of them. I have not done comedy in, like, a lot of the East Coast states. Like, none of the New York, haven't done Boston yet. Um, you know, a lot of West Coast and a couple on the East Coast. So, you know, trying to fill in that comedy location uh, resume there. And so, uh, anyway, uh, last night I got to check off New Mexico. My first time doing stand-up in New Mexico. Uh, it was a really fun show. Crowd was great. Uh, the casino did a really good job of isolating the comedy show. I cannot stress how important it is um, for venues and producers to understand that for comedy to work, it has to be the only thing happening. 
in that room. And the people who are in that room are there to see a comedy show. Now they can get drinks, maybe they can get some food, but it's the expectation has to be the people in that room have come to witness comedy. That minor fact right there, major fact, is the whole reason my New Year's Eve show in San Diego was a complete disaster because the people in the room were not there for a comedy show and there was all kinds of other things going on and they just kind of threw me up there and said, all right, do stand-up comedy for all of these people on New Year's Eve who are not wanting a comedy show. So uh, they did a fantastic job here at the uh, Inn of the Mountain Gods and had super fun hanging out with... um, uh, with Chase and his wife. They're super cool. I was hoping to get Chase on the podcast tonight, but he was tired after the show. Um, so I will try to catch him uh, later uh, today. So um, today we are going to head out to Santa Fe, New Mexico, stay the night there, and then go the rest of the way to our gig in Colorado on Saturday night. I am yawning. I am very, very tired. And I am not ready to go to bed yet. I'm a little jacked up after the show. Had a great time. And after this, I am going to record a voiceover. So my agents got me a voiceover audition, which I appreciate. And I think I'd mentioned this uh, a couple podcasts ago, but, you know, I distinctly remember a couple of years ago doing that thing where you write down your dreams. I'm saying it because it sounds so petty. But, you know, I think there's there's value in it. So even though I'm a little uh, snarky about it, I am seeing the benefits of writing down what, you're, what you want your life to look like, what you want it to feel like, the types of experiences you want to be having on a day-to-day. And I distinctly remember writing down that I would be um, like going to an audition and then I have a show that night. Like that sort of, you know, I'm, I'm involved in multiple facets of acting and stand up and performing. And I got to try to like fill those, fill them, fit them all in, in a day. And here I am, you know, driving across state, uh, state, the state to, uh, do a stand-up comedy show and while in my hotel room I'm recording a podcast and then I'm also going to record a voiceover audition and submit the voiceover audition and then post this uh, podcast online. Last night I was up really late. I got a new logo which I'm really excited about. You can see it at paulgreencomedy.com but the logo has a very different color scheme than my old logo and my website. So then all of a sudden, my whole website was clashing because the color schemes weren't lining up. And so um, all of a sudden, my ADD and my OCD kind of kicked in and I started editing my website last night and changing all of the color schemes. And then, of course, anybody who's ever been in technology, anytime you try to do anything, all of these problems come up that you would never anticipate would be a problem. And so then I'm trying to like Google self-help, uh, not self-help, but uh, like tech help and trying to find articles to solve these problems. So I was up pretty late last night, hence the yawning. And it's pretty late now. 
But, you know, after the show, I wanted to unwind a little bit, get something to eat, and then uh, took a, a little uh, dip in their hot tub here at End of the Mountain Gods. They have a amazing jacuzzi. So I did that, and then I worked out to stick with my fitness goals. Um, I'm still trying to uh, dunk a basketball. Um, those of you who follow me a little too closely know that I have this um, dream to uh, dunk a basketball someday. Uh, earlier uh, last year, I was actually posting videos every day of me doing all these exercises and trying to get to where I could like touch rim. And pretty much the best result I got was I got to where I could touch rim and then all of this stuff, you know, came up and I started touring more and got off of my diet and got off my exercise plan. And so I have touched rim since then, but, uh, my progress is a lot slower and I'm not, uh, hosting it as much as I used to. Um, but it's still on my docket. It's still on the dream list that one day somehow I will lift this 42 year old six foot frame with bad knees and a bad back and white jeans, I mean, genetics, and uh, actually slam a basketball. It is ridiculous. It is audacious. Um, That might be one of those delusional goals that I talked about on a previous podcast. I don't know, but I hope it's not. I hope that with hard work, I will be able to accomplish that. So anyway, so I got my work in tonight, did some squats, and... One thing that I did tonight, which I don't often do, especially in this situation, is I actually opened my set after sort of riffing with the audience a little bit. Um, I totally uh, did. Uh, I, t- I told a story that I've never talked about on stage um, about this uh, movie that I was able to be a part of, this, uh, this indie film that's actually on Showtime. You can watch it. It's called Eminence. And uh, two really good friends of mine who are husband and wife sort of filmmaking team. And she's an actress and he's a director and and writer and film producer. And they're just amazing. But they actually let me uh, be in their film. And the story is pretty funny um, in and of itself. Now, just because the story is funny doesn't mean that it really converts to um, being funny on stage. That's a mistake a lot of comedians make is they go, oh, I have this funny story to tell it's a funny story. So I'll just go tell it on stage and then people will laugh at it. And sometimes, sometimes that works, but, um, it's not necessarily the case. If you haven't really worked out where the actual jokes are, where the beats are, where the audience is expecting to laugh. And a lot of times it can just sort of turn into like a two minute kind of boring monologue. And the comedians kind of hoping that because it was funny at the time that this audience that you're telling it to in the moment will find it funny. But Knowing all of those pitfalls and knowing that this was a good audience who would pay to see a comedy show, I just sort of felt like I'm just going to tell this story um, because it's it's a bit of a crazy story. Um, it involves nudity, me being nude. It involves the director's wife as an actress. And it involves me being naked next to her while he's behind the camera. It's a pretty kind of out there story and sort of weird on its own. And I and I just said, you know, I'm just going to tell this story and see if I can just find jokes and punchlines while I'm telling the story. 
And I did that and it, it went pretty well. I, I, I got a lot of laughs throughout. Like I was finding sort of spontaneously, I was just finding some jokes throughout. There's one thing I wish I hadn't done though. And this is something that I've really had to look at within myself. It's, it's, it's a pretty glaring, at least to me, it's a pretty glaring weakness. It's a character flaw. Um, which is okay. I love and accept myself, but it's a flaw. And what I don't like that I did is I preempted the audience. And I literally said, hey, everybody, I'm going to tell this new story I've never told before. I don't know if it's funny. I don't know if there's jokes in there. Is that cool with everybody? And of course, they all said, yeah. I don't like that I did that. Because what am I... But really analyze the emotional state underneath that. It's it's almost like me apologizing, right? It, it it's sort of like a pre-apology. Like, I'm sorry if this isn't funny, and it's almost like lowering the audience's expectations. And now I have to wonder: what if I hadn't done that? What if I had just come out and just? I, I felt that story. It was on my mind. I'd never talked about it before, but I was thinking about it. And what if I just went out with the confidence that as a performer, I would be able to convey that story in a funny way. And had I not told the audience, maybe they never would have been the wiser that that was the first time that I'd ever told that story. I, I didn't write it down. You know, I mean, I, I, I write my jokes out, you know, like most comedians do. You know, I'm not one of those like, oh, I just kind of keep them up here and riff all the time. I mean, I do a lot of riffing, but I I write out my material. I write my jokes. I look for the punchlines. I refine it. I look for word economy, all of that stuff. But I hadn't written any of this down. I had literally just thought about it. And the reason I thought about it is because right before the show, when we were talking to the um, to the host... He said, you know, uh, what sort of credits do you want me to, uh, you know, bring you up to? And because of that movie, I am in a movie that's on Showtime and I'm in the credits. So, like, I am an accredited Showtime actor, even though that actual scene that I was in got cut. But I am in two other scenes for like a second. So is it a little bit pandery? Is it a little bit name droppy? Yeah. Would Anybody know me from Showtime? No. But is it something that I can say up front that is technically true, that at least for an audience who has no idea who I am or what they're coming to see, that they it maybe just instills a little bit of confidence that, oh, this guy's been on Showtime, so he must be legit. I mean, that's pretty much all I'm buying with that. But when I really started to think about, well, why do I have a Showtime credit? And I thought, you know, that that was a really fascinating story. And I've never talked about it on stage. I'm going, that that actually is kind of a funny sort of extreme story. I should just talk about it and see how it goes. And I did. And it went really well. But I preempted the audience. I, I responded to my insecurities, my lack of belief in myself, and sort of gave the audience a pre-apology. And man, I, I, I have been that guy. 
for most of my life, sort of this, I'm sorry for being me. I'm sorry if any of this doesn't go well for you people, like sort of this people pleasing, you know, I mean, people pleasing has its place. You know, I'm, I, 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 I am very empathetic. Like I, I care that people are having a good time. I care that people are being entertained, but there's an unhealthy part of that, which I am really grappling with, which is me just being confident in myself and going, Hey, I'm going to go up and I'm going to tell this new story. And I don't need to lower the audience's expectations of me. And I don't need to prepare the audience and pre-apologize. I can just go up and speak what's in my heart, what I'm thinking about, and trust that if I'm present and authentic, that my comedic training, my comedic instincts will all kick in and I will be able to connect with this audience and tell this story in a manner that none of them would be able to go, oh, you know, that that first bit about him being in a Showtime movie really didn't seem to uh, have matched that. Yeah, if they're thinking that hard, then I'm not doing my job because that means they're not having a good time. <laughs> if, if they are analyzing that much, like, I'm not sure if... I... They're out to a comedy club. They want to have a good time. They want to laugh. I happen to be the guy on stage. They don't know me from Adam yet. And um, just get up and entertain him, Paul, and don't apologize. You know what I mean? I don't need to play this, you know, the insecure, not confident cards. Not nearly as often as I play them. Although, I, I mean, I do genuinely feel that a lot. So... I mean, that's probably the, the the bigger psychological journey for me is why do I feel such a lack of confidence when I have been doing this for a long time and I have entertained thousands and thousands of audiences. I've done thousands of stand-up sets, thousands of improv comedy shows. I've been entertaining people and making them laugh since the fourth grade is when I first remember uh, starting to like class clown it up. It's like, just go on stage and tell the effing story. So that's my, uh, that's my little internal monologue and opportunity for growth that I have been uh, contemplating since uh, doing that show, trying a new joke and everything going really well and me just kind of going, eh, I wish, you know, maybe that's a good challenge for myself is to stop not believing in myself and to stop pre-apologizing to to an audience that I don't even have anything to apologize for. I didn't do anything bad. I'm telling them a story that I think is funny and that I'll think they'll laugh at. Now, maybe if the story goes really, really bad and I offend them or, you know what I mean, or I feel like, okay, now... I haven't done my job as a comedian and they've paid for a comedy show. Well, in that case, maybe then I can apologize. If it doesn't get any laughs a minute in, then I can go like, hey, wanted to everybody. Uh, that was a brand new story. I thought I could pull it off. Uh, I guess that wasn't that funny. Uh, my apologies. So why don't we talk about something else? Then maybe it's appropriate. You know what I mean? If I legitimately did not deliver, but 
this sort of like pre-apology upfront stuff. Man, I've been playing that game my whole life, and I just think I'm ready to move on from that. So whatever that means to any of you out there, you know, if you're out there, you're living your dreams, you're doing your best, you're sharing your art, you're being authentic, you're following what your calling is, what seems to be pulling you and interesting you and interesting, interesting you. I don't know if I use proper grammar there. Following what is of interest to you. There you go. That's probably, or what is interesting to you. All right. Enough with the grammar lesson. All right, everybody. So that is all for tonight. I will check in with you uh, tomorrow on January 6th. Hopefully I will be able to uh, get uh, uh, Jace Clay, uh, my traveling companion, uh, to talk a little bit about his comedy journey. We'll see if uh, that lines up with our schedules and um, our driving and all of that fun stuff. Um, so anyway, I love you all so much. Thank you for listening today. I hope you are out there living your dreams and you are doing it unapologetically, unlike me, who apologize for it. And uh, so um, go out there, follow your dreams. Don't apologize for it. You're doing the best you can. And... Uh, you know, you're, you're daring greatly as Brene Brown would say to, uh, to live the life of your dreams and, uh, do it courageously and move forward into those insecurities and those fears and let's have some uh, great experiences. So, uh, thank you all again. Love you very much. This is January 5th, 2024, episode 37 of the Paul Green Comedy Podcast, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.